And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will conclude My Friend Irma, starring Marie Wilson from 1948. Then Myron McCormick stars in Crime Does Not Pay from 1949. By my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? Hey, what's happening in Hollywood? So Amy Schumer is making a new movie. It's uh, causing a lot of controversy. The trailer was just released this week. Yeah. So people are buzzing about it. It's yeah. called I Feel Pretty. Oh, like I Feel Pretty. Exactly. Oh, so pretty. A West Side Story Yeah, West Side song. Story. Good yeah. job. Oh, thanks. But it's a little bit different. So it's causing controversy. The actual movie doesn't come out until next year. The trailer was just released. Amy Schumer plays a woman. Of course, she's suffering from low self-esteem, and she's always worried about her appearance. So she falls off a bike during her soul cycle class, hits her head, yeah, and then she suddenly starts seeing herself as a gorgeous supermodel. And so she starts on her new life with a new job and a new boyfriend. And, you know, there's a lot of conversation and people who are pretty unhappy with the context of the movie. Mm. Watch the trailer and we'll talk about it some more. uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people want to see it, but there's a lot of people who are not very happy with the Okay, it's one of those uh, things where there's going to be a lot of buzz, buzz, buzz about it. Yes, exactly. All right. It also stars Michelle Williams and Naomi Campbell. So this is a big supermodel thing. Very cool. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. So last time we began listening to my friend Irma, good comedy from 1948 called Irma's Inheritance, starring Marie Wilson. Now here's the conclusion. Well, Irma is certain she will never see Al again, and she's putting on a scene that would make Napoleon's death seem like a picnic. She stretched out on the sofa, just sobbing her poor heart out. She has Al's picture in her hand. He's in a sailor suit. No, Al was never in the Navy. He borrowed the suit because he heard of a dance where servicemen were admitted free. (laughs) Now she's kissing the picture and crying. Drinking water. She's been doing this all afternoon. Honey, what's the idea of drinking so much water? Well... I expect to cry all night, and I don't want to run out of tears. (laughs) Oh, sweetie, this is no time for tears. Well, you should rejoice, Irma. You're on the verge of inheriting $50,000. You should be happy. No, Jane, I'll I'll never be happy without Al. Oh, now, sweetie, don't be so dramatic. For heaven's sakes, with your money, you'll meet other men. Not like Al. He was so sweet. He taught me so many things. 
night we'd sit on a park bench and he'd point out all the stars for me. The North Star, the little diaper, <laughs> the big diaper. Irma, unless someone hung their wash very high, the word is dipper. <laughs> Honey, I- I've told you repeatedly, honest, other men will bring you happiness. I don't want happiness. I want help. Oh, Irma. Oh, the poor kid. I don't... Come in. Hello, Jane. Oh, am I early for Mrs. O'Reilly's party? Oh, gee, Richard, I'm so glad to see you. Irma's in the bedroom just crying her eyes out. I don't know what to do. What's happened? Well, it looks like Irma has inherited $50,000 from an Uncle Henry, and Al has walked out on her. He feels that the money will come between them. Al walking out on money? Yeah. The same Al who stands in front of a vending machine for hours hoping someone's nickel will get stuck? Mm-hmm. That's the story, Richard. She's in the bedroom crying her eyes out. There's only one thing we can do. Get Al back. Exactly. And I have an idea what to tell him. Well, uh, where can you get in touch with him? Oh, yeah. Well, let's see. This is the night he usually brings Irma flowers. Since he's not dating her tonight, there's no sense in trying to reach him at the funeral parlor. <laughs> Uh, now let's see, where else would he... Come in! Oh! Oh, Al, I was just trying to get in touch with you. Just dropped by to return Chicken's picture. Every time I read what she wrote on it, it, it tortures me more than I can stand. Oh. <laughs> Let me see the picture. Dear Al, I love you oh so madly with all my soul and flesh. <laughs> I dream of when you'll marry me and carry me across the thresh. (laughs) P.S. Excuse me for not adding hold after thresh, but I had no room and didn't want to write on my head because I just had my hair done. (laughs) Guess who? Dame writes like a sonnet. Hate to give her up. Oh, Al, you don't have to give her up. The inheritance doesn't have to come between you. She'll need help now. And you can help her. Me? Sure. She'll need a business manager, and you're the man for the job. Hey, that sounds good. Then no one can say I'm marrying her for the dough. Well, certainly, Al. Sure. Now, we know that you want to be alone with Irma, so Richard and I will just go on down to Mrs. O'Reilly's party. Come on, Richard. I'm with you, Jane. Chicken. Chicken, it's me, Al. Come out, I want to talk to you. Chicken. Al. Baby. Honey. Oh, Al, you're back. Uh-huh, we can get married. Going to be your business manager. Going to invest your money. Oh, how, Al? There's only one man who can tell us. Who, Al? Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> Al, got a problem. Irma's got 50 G's, and we want to know what to do with uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Lay low until everything cools off. <laughs> no, no, Joe. This money ain't hot. It's legitimate. If it's legitimate, you're not interested. Okay, Joe. So long. Chicken, I got an idea. When you get your inheritance, we put it in government bonds. All but $500. What's that for? I'll show you. Take me to Mrs. O'Reilly's party. My arm, chicken.
Hi, everybody. I'm making everything. Alma. Oh, Al. Alma and Al together. Oh. That's the way it should be. Oh, please, please, everybody, let me speak. Go ahead, Irma, darling. Uh, I've decided that money isn't everything. What is important is friends. You can't take it with you. I'd rather take my friends with me when I go. <laughs> oh, no, you know what I mean. I, that, we know that, what you mean, Irma, and we love you for it. I, I want you to all share my good fortune. So after the party, I want everybody to buy themselves a gift. Huh? You know, uh, something you wouldn't uh, spend your own money for. Oh, honey, oh, you don't I have... Oh, I insist, just to show you what you all mean to me. Well, Irma, if you insist. <laughs> Miss O'Reilly, you're the first. It's your birthday. What do you want to buy? Well, uh, <laughs> frankly, I've always wanted to <laughs> have my face lifted. <laughs> oh, but I know there isn't enough money. <laughs> and nobody's that strong. <laughs> Hush up, Professor. So I think I'll just buy a little makeup kit. You have no idea how long it takes me to get my face to look the way it does. I just thought you put it in the mix, Master, for five minutes. All right, Professor. Now, what do you want to buy? Me? Well, Emma, darling, you know I'm playing the fiddle at the Gypsy Tea Room, and nothing would make me happier than to have a larger case for my violin. Oh, are you getting a larger violin? No, no. I can't stand the food there, and I want to smuggle in my lunch. Well, all right, and, and Al, how about you? Well, chicken, since you insist, I'd like to buy one of them big canes with a folding seat on top. You know that gadget sportsmen sit on when they watch the races? But Al, you don't go to the races. I know, but my feet kill me when I'm waiting for that unemployment check. <laughs> Say, that gives me an idea. See you later. Goodbye. All right, Jane. It's your turn. Oh, honey, I don't want anything. Oh, I insist, Jane. Oh. Well, all right, sweetie, I'll pick out something for the apartment, huh? Good. And I'll charge it to my account at Gimbel's. Oh, Irma, on behalf of all of us, we want to thank you. But most of all, your Uncle Henry, who made this possible. Oh, you're all welcome. And I'm sure if Uncle Henry knew he was dying for such wonderful people, he'd gladly do it over again. <laughs> shopping and you've never seen such a happy gang. Mrs. O'Reilly has purchased the most extensive makeup kit, everything from lipstick to mud pack. When the professor saw her face, he said, put it back in the mud again. <laughs> Al and the professor got exactly what they wanted, and as for me, I, I bought a small Persian rug. Irma thinks it's very impractical because she says we very seldom entertain Persians. <laughs> But she's happy beyond words, even though her account at Gimbel's has $500 against it. Jane? Yeah, honey? Gee, you'll never know how wonderful I feel. I helped all my friends, and, and Al has a job working for me. Yeah. You know, honey, you're what you call a philanthropist. How can you say that, Jane? I was born in Minnesota. <laughs> all right, sweetie. Come in. Oh, it's Mr. Silk again from that lawyer's office. Miss Peterson, I'm afraid I have bad news for you. Bad? Yes, you're not the Irma Peterson we were looking for. What? No, the Irma Peterson, who is the real heiress, is a waitress in Milwaukee. We've checked your records. You never had an uncle named Henry. Good day. Irma Peterson. 
How could you make such a mistake? Don't you realize we now have $500 in bills we have to pay? Well, I didn't know. Well, whatever made you think you had an Uncle Henry? Well, I had an aunt named Henrietta, and I thought he could be her husband. <laughs> oh, honey, and we've spent over $500. I, uh, come in. Hello, kids. Chicken, got some news for you. Al, I have some news for you, too. Okay, chicken, ladies first. What's your news? I'm poor again. I, I didn't inherit the money. What? Al, what's wrong? You're white. Chicken, I just came from the unemployment office. Told them I had a job as your business manager, so they took me off the list. <laughs> Al, Al, what does that mean? Chicken, I'm a total failure. I'm the only guy who's unemployed at being unemployed. <laughs> put her coat and hat on and started out the door with a cake of swan in her hand. So I said, honey, where are you going with our swan? And Irma said, well, gee, Jane Spring is here, so I'm taking our swan up to the pond at Central Park to play with the other swans. <laughs> well, thanks to Irma's imaginary inheritance, we have an extra mouth to feed. Al shows up promptly, morning, noon, and night for his meals. As for the $500 on Irma's charge account, well, everyone's been nice enough to return their gifts. And Irma, well, she, she just won't forget what happened. Honey. Uh, yes, Jane. Honey, ha have you seen my gold locket? You know, the one I inherited from my grandmother. Oh, I gave it away, Jane. I don't want you to get in the same trouble I did. <laughs> You know, if I ever wanted to give anything away, it'll be my friend Irma. Friend Irma presented by Swan, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, listen again to... Our friend Swan. With my friend Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. The part of Professor Kropotkin was played by Hans Conried. Ladies, listen. The shortage of fats and oils is still very serious, and it's worldwide. So please keep on saving every drop of used kitchen fat. Your butcher will pay you for every pound. Frank Bingman speaking. Tune in next week one hour earlier and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, immediately followed by My Friend Irma. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week, the Columbia Broadcasting System. 
And that's my friend Irma from April 5th, 1948, with Irma's Inheritance, starring Marie Wilson. Also in the cast, Kathy Lewis, John Brown, Hans Conried, Alan Reed, and Gloria Gordon, sponsored by Swan and Spry, as heard on CBS. Swan Soap and Spry. I'm not sure what Spry is. I think that might be like, I don't know, shampoo or something. It's heard on CBS. Well, there you go. All right, when we come back, it's Crime Does Not Pay. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. It's time now for Crime Does Not Pay. This was a crime drama, and it was based on a series of films released by MGM beginning way back in 1935. Now, MGM had its toe into radio syndication with the adventures of Maisie, the story of Dr. Kildare, the Hardy family, and this series, Crime Does Not Pay. Came to radio in 1949, lasted until 1952. They were moralistic crime stories featuring B-movie actors in the lead roles. Now, New York's best supporting players rounded out the casts like Everett Sloan, John Gibson, Donald Woods, and Martin Gable. In this particular episode, it stars Myron McCormick. It's called Dead Pigeon from December 19, 1949. Here's part one of Crime Does Not Pay. Crime does not pay. Where are we going, Dasher? Going? <laughs> We're not going. We're there. Yeah, you heard him, Georgie. We're there. This garage? Sure, what's wrong with the garage? Just the place for a nice, friendly game. Come on up the ramp, Georgie. I don't feel like playing, Dasher. Sure you do. You said so. Yeah, but I I just remembered I don't have no dough on me. You won't need any dough, Georgie. No, no dough for this game, Georgie. Holly, Harry, what's going on? Get up that ramp, Georgie. We got a new game, Georgie. It's called Stick the Pigeon. In the interest of good citizenship and law enforcement, we present Crime Does Not Pay, based on the famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer series of short subjects. Now, Crime Does Not Pay, starring Myron McCormick as Louis the Dasher Monroe in Dead Pigeon. They breed in the slums of the big cities and in the slums of the rural countryside, those parched earth, sagging roof slums of the farmlands. They want what others have, and when the proper means does not exist, they take what they want, making jungles of their minds and living according to the jungle's law of kill or be killed. They give each other nicknames for color, Louis the Dasher because of his velvet-colored top coat and pomaded hair. Ohio Ollie because of the tune he whistled. Jack the Kid for obvious reasons. But Harry Roper had no nickname. His last name was enough. Harry was an expert with a four-foot piece of clothesline. They met these four as the general staff under the Dasher's command to consider a matter of security. Cut it, Ollie. This is business. Oh, meet and call to order. You heard the Dasher. Go ahead, Dasher, make with the talk. It's a cinch. George has got to go. George? That 
Punk, what did he ever do? One word. Pigeon. George, a stoolie? You heard me. It don't seem possible. Pipe down. Listen to the kid. I'm walking down East Main, see? Minding my own business. <laughs> That's different for a change. Cut it, Ali. Okay, okay. So you was walking down East Main. Yeah. About a block up the line, I see George. You know that crazy walk of his, the way one shoulder the left one is always lower than the other? It's always easy to tell him that far away. Get on with it. Anyways, all of a sudden, up comes a proud car alongside George. The door opens, in jumps George, like he was used to it all his life. Just in with the cops. And an hour later, I'm in the drugstore across from the station house. Out comes George and walks away. That don't prove nothing. Maybe they had a piece on him from the prowl car. That was the day they picked up Stan right out of his hideaway. Nobody knew where he was, except us and George. What else? The day before they broke up the game back of Marty's laundry, George was down at the DA's office. Two days before they shot it out with Johnny Sugar, I saw him make a pinch on George. A rap that didn't stick more than three hours. That's enough. Me too. When do we give it to him, Dasher? Tonight, if we can find him. We'll find him. Want me to look? George likes me. We'll all look. <laughs> two by two. What's the pitch? You'll stay with me. We'll make the candy store at Seneca and Newcastle, our headquarters. Harry, you take Ollie. Work out of the all-night beanery over at Lincoln and Park. That's near the garage where the kids stashed that hot car. We'll check by phone from the pay stations. Whoever finds George talks him into a small game in the garage. No shooting, understand? I want Georgie to know why and how he's getting it. That's the first portion of Crime Does Not Pay. Stick around more after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Crime Does Not Pay. Any calls, Ali? Nothing. This is my third cup of coffee and nothing. How much coffee do you think I can drink? Never mind that. George will be around sometime tonight. If we miss him, we'll hear from Dasher. We ain't gonna miss him. You got something there, pal. How much longer are we going to walk, Dasher? Until we find you. Why do we use the car? My feet are killing me. George wouldn't get in a car. Anyhow, I wear shoes the right size. The dames don't care if you got big feet. You suppose Harry and Ollie found him? If they did, Pop's got a message over at the store. Yeah, this kind of thing always spoils a party for me. <laughs> Think how the party's going to be spoiled for Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed before. The streets are awful quiet this time of night. Oh, morning. That's why I said no guns. I get it. I sold George. Take a look at this. Come over here under the lamppost. What is it? A note. Read it. Meet me in my office Wednesday, 10 a.m. Tom Edwards. Hey, that's the DA. Let's walk. I figure we'll plant that note on George. When the cops find him, they'll find the note. Newspaper boys will get it and print it. And everybody will know George was a stoolie. They'll pin it on us. <laughs> Don't worry, kid. First, Edwards is DA in the next county. He couldn't be interested in us. 
Two? I want everybody to know. The other pigeons will know, too. I think the warning will take. Dasher, you're a genius. Uh, smart enough, anyway. Dasher, up ahead. Close to the buildings. Other side of the street. It's dark in there. Wait till he gets near the lamppost. Yeah, it's Georgie. I know that walk any place. Come on, kid. Right. Hi, Georgie. What's your hurry? Oh. Oh, hiya, Dasher. Going any place special? No. No place special. Interested in a little game, maybe? Maybe. Which cooking? Blackjack. Oh, I'm lucky at Blackjack. Where? Central Garage. We made a deal with the Grace Monkeys. What do you say we go over and take a hand? Sure. Why not? Let's walk. Why are you so lucky at Blackjack, George? Well, any combination of seven is my lucky number. I get it. Think you ought to play tonight? Why not? Today's the 11th. Oh, the date don't mean nothing. Just the cards? And the dice. There's Pop's Corner. Lights are still on around here. Night Owl show at the movie. Wouldn't pay for Pop to keep open otherwise. It'd pay Pop to stay open only for us. In the other neighborhood, it'd attract too many nosy cops. Wait for me. I'll only be a minute. Yeah, sure. I will be here. Now, like I was saying, kid, any combination... Any messages, Pop? No, nothing from nobody. How's business? Any business? How can it? Anybody in the back room? I want to use the phone. Nobody in back, nobody in front either. If it gets no better, I'll give it up and try it. We got him. Check. Fifteen minutes. And double check. All right, that was quick. And to the point. Uh, Pop. Yeah? Anybody wants to know, the kid and I have been in and out of here all evening. That's the truth. See you, Pop. Good luck with the sodas. Almost there, Dasher? Almost. Why? My feet hurt. <laughs> That's what I said just before we met you. Funny. They're okay now. I thought you said Central Garage, Dasher. Did I? Where are we going, Dasher? Going? <laughs> We're not going. We're there. Yeah, you heard him, Georgie. We're there. This garage? Sure. What's wrong with the garage? Just the place for a nice, friendly game. Come on up the ramp, Georgie. I, I don't feel like playing, Dasher. Sure you do. You said so. Yeah, but I, I, I just remembered. I don't have no dough on me. You won't need any dough, Georgie. No. No dough for this game, Georgie. Molly. Harry. You here, too? Get What's going on? Ramp, Georgie. Hey. We got a new game, Georgie. It's called Stick the Pigeon. No, no, you can't... All right, get him inside before he wakes up the whole neighborhood. Get up, get up there. Just look at the No, no, get him in the back, way back. Come on. That's it. No! 
No, I didn't do nothing. Honest, I'm clean. Ali, Stan. Ali. For Marty. Oh. And for Johnny Sugar. I, I couldn't help it, Dasher. They had it on me for that Mercer Street job. They was going to fry me if I didn't talk. Now, Dasher. What else did you tell them? Nothing. Nothing, I swear. Let me go, Dasher. Let me live, Dasher. Dasher. Show him, Harry. <laughs> Only four feet long, Georgie. Oh, no. No, not the rope. What do you oh. got for him, kid? Oh, no. Steel. Makes a hole about a sixteenth of an inch across. Big enough. No, no, shoot me, Dasher. Not the pick. Shoot me. You're going to burn, Stan. Marty will work his hands off in a jute mill. Johnny will go to the rock. We hate stoolies. And in a very few minutes, you, my friend, are going to be one dead pigeon. Okay, fellas. No. I don't want to die. No, please. <coughs> well, let me forget the note, kid. This pigeon is going to make a real fancy dress package. They found George, the dead pigeon, next morning. The stolen car into which his body was tossed was abandoned on a quiet, tree-shaded residential street. A passing policeman noticed the cloth of George's coat caught in the door of the locked car. One looked through the window and that particular policeman was on his way to the nearest call box. Shortly thereafter, prowl cars, squad cars, an assistant medical examiner, and the wagon from the city morgue converged on the spot. That tree-shaded residential street was quiet no longer. The ME is through, Lieutenant. Death by multiple stab wounds and strangling. Pockets? No, nothing except this. Meet me, my office, Wednesday, 10 a.m., Tom Edwards. Oh... Billy Dew from the D.A. Yeah, next county. Must have been a stoolie. We'll find out since we check his prints. Let's have a look at him. Uh, he's a mess, whoever he was. So's the car. Boys checking the plates? Well, that won't give us anything. I'll be from another car. Standard practice. This one wasn't pretty, even living. What's this black stuff on his back? <laughs> Smells like oil to me. Yeah, it is oil. That's funny, on his shirt, not on his jacket. You know how they operate. Pull his jacket over his head and let him have it. It falls on his shirt. Yeah. Oil. Look, Sorrell, not one word to the newspaper boys about that note. Why not, Lieutenant? They'd love it. I know, but that's a warning to other stoolies. We're not doing any favors for the gangs yet. And run a check of all public garages within, say, five miles up here. That's a large order, Lieutenant. I know, Sorrell, but that oil comes from the floor of a garage. I'll bet on it. And I want to know which garage has a record of a car like this one. We might pick up some interesting leads that way. Never can tell. Company's come, Lieutenant. Picked up Joey here when he came to work tonight. Lieutenant Swenson, this is Joe. Hello, Joe. They still call you the baker? Uh, no more, Lieutenant. I'm, I'm going straight now. I got this job and been sticking to it. Honest. He's washing cars at that certain garage. Well, just tell us the truth, Joe. You'll be all right. I don't know nothing, Lieutenant. I pick up and deliver cars, too. I'm out of the garage most of my shift. Yeah, we know that. The reporting to the probation officer, Joe? Uh, yes, sir. I thought so. You know, I think you're a lucky break for us. Me? Lucky for you? Sorrell, get a chair for our friend Joe. Of course, Lieutenant. Would you uh, sit down, Joe? I, uh, that is well... I said I... sit down. Yes, sir. Now start talking, Joe. What? 
What about? Oh, stop that. You know about accessory after the fact. I don't know nothing. There was no call either to pick up or deliver at your garage from midnight last night until 4.12 this morning. The record's here on this sheet. You were there. All right. All right. I was sleeping in one of the cars where I could hear the phone. And hear and see a murder committed. The murder our medical examiner says took place between 1 and 4 a.m. this morning. That left blood stains in the rear corner. That left oil smears on the back of the victim. You didn't sleep through anything like that, Joe. Now stop stalling, or you'll go back to your cell up the river. Have a hard look, Lieutenant. If I talk, I'm good as dead. If you talk, you'll live longer and better. Better than behind bars, Joe. I I can't. I can't. He was a stoolie. They'll give it to me the same way. And you saw it. You did see it. I, I'm scared to talk, Lieutenant. I want to live. I want to live. Uh, if all the lily lived. All right, sir. I'll take him down to Davis Street Jail and lock him up. But I didn't do anything. You're a material witness. And your bail is going to be as high as the D.A. can get the judge to make it. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Keep step, keep step. Hey, you're here to exercise, so exercise. Say no playground, keep moving. Blackie, no you heard you know the room, Joe no the Baker is here. Cell 23, material witness, George the Pigeon. Pass it. Check. Hey, Phil, Joe the Baker, cell 23, George the Pigeon, material witness, pass it. I thought I just said no talking. Shut up, you hear? Hey, yes, sir, I wasn't talking, sir. Get word out, Joe the Baker, cell 23, material witness, George the Pigeon. Gotcha, I'll pass it. Here I am, Keys. Is that you, Ollie? Uh, yeah. No name's Jerk. Sorry, I heard something. On the grapevine over Davis Street. Spill it. They got a witness on that pigeon killing. They couldn't. Who is it? Joe the Baker, remember? Yeah. Where, where was he? Asleep in a car. Noise woke him up. Brother. Dash will want to know about this. Fella, you earned your money this time. They set the bail? Yeah. $100,000. Looks like they want to keep him. So that's it, Dash, of all the lousy breaks. And a character like that. Okay, Ollie, we'll get him out. Spring him? No, legitimate. We'll bail him out. Well, we get the hundred G's. <laughs> Don't worry about that. The Constitution says no big bail or something. I'll send the mouthpiece in the court in the morning. You'll get that bail reduced and we'll put it up. Get it? And then what? When Joe the Baker walks out, we'll be waiting for him. He'll jump bail, all right. They'll never find him. And it'll be worth every cent it'll cost us. Okay, pal, you can have bail now. Me? Who put up a hundred G's for me? How should I know? Only it wasn't that much. Some mouthpiece talked to the judge. It's down to ten G's. So long, Joe. It was nice knowing you. Drop us a postcard, Joey. If you can. <laughs> get going, pal. I ain't going. What? I don't know who put up the money. I ain't got no mouthpiece. I ain't going. Can't make me go if I don't want to. I don't want no bail. I want to stay here, here where I'm safe. You think I'm crazy? The minute I step on the street, I'm dead. I won't do it. Nobody can make me. You giving me this straight, Ollie? Straight like I got it. Our pal, the Keys, says Joe suddenly got smart and refused to bail. What wised him up? Seems like the other characters in his cell block began wishing him goodbye. Uh, that's what he got. Wise. I'd like to... Easy, Dasha. That's my job. That's dumb, stupid. 
Next thing you know, the baker will start to talk. I wouldn't be surprised if we could just get him out for 30 seconds. If, if. Haven't you any imaginations? Figure something. Long as he stays in there, who can touch him? Well, uh, how about a writ or something? Well, they're holding him as a material witness without a charge for his own protection. It don't look good to me. We can't get him out and we can't get in. Can't we? What are we paying that jailer for? A news broadcast? Maybe you've got something, Dasha. The first time I ever heard of anybody who wanted to get into jail. You got an idea, Dasha? Why can't Joe have a visitor? No reason why not. Oh, no, Dasha. This is one job that's not for me. What's so tough? Our boyfriend lets one of us in. We get to Joe. The keys turns his back. A fast shiv and that's that. Dasha, you mean... Right in his cell? Oh, the visitor's room, not regular hours. Maybe ten o'clock at night. Keys will play along. He better. He has to go home when he's off shift. It, uh, don't feel right, Dasher. Too close to the line. If Joe the Baker speaks up in court, we're over the line. You better count me out, Dasher. Yeah, me too. Uh, I need room to work. Jail's no place for me. Ollie? Uh, I get a rash every time I go near a jail. They don't agree with me. Honest, Dasher. But I'll wait outside with a car. I get it. You're all turning chicken. Do we got to take care of him that way? If there was any other way, wouldn't I figure it? Yeah, sure you would. Hey, couldn't we draw straws or something? Short man has to go in. No straws. Job like this, you have to want to do or you'll slip someplace. All right. This is the way it has to be. Holly. Yes. Contact your pal. Okay. Okay. So the baker gets a visitor. Tonight. Who's that? You got a visitor, Joe. Visitor? Me? You want to see me, and since when visit is 10 o'clock at night? You ask too many questions. Come on. Hey, I, I don't understand. Come on, on your feet, Joey. Let's go. Okay, I'm coming. Hey, this ain't the way to the visitor's room? Well, not the day room. At night, we got a special place down near the kitchen. Yeah. Okay. It's in here, Joey. Hello, Joey. Nice to see you. Yes, sir. Shut up. Don't use my name. Keep away from me. Keep away. Help. Keys. Hey, keys. Keys won't help you. He's gone to bed. Don't come near me. Don't. I'll cut on you, Dasher. Don't come close. Put down that baseball bat, Joe. Take your medicine like a man. <laughs> ice cream. Chocolate ice cream. We use the bat to pack the ice in the ice cream freeze. What a break. Put it down, Joe. Be nice and I'll make it quick. Otherwise, in the belly. Come on, put it down, Joe. I won't. You don't get me, Dash. I'll break your arm. Put away that shift, Dash. Put it away. You're gonna get it, Joe, just the way Georgie got it. And you know about that. I saw you. I saw you. Keep away from me, Dash. Well, get Joe's back. All right, Dasher, drop that knife. Look out, Flatfoot. I thought he was going to cut me. I thought he was going to cut me. Never will, I will, you lousy stoolie. Got a hard chin, Dasher. <laughs> my jaw. And George cracked you. Bracelets on him, Sorrell. You didn't figure we'd have a tail on you, did you, Dasher? You didn't figure we'd pick up Ollie and the kid and Harry in the car outside. 
And you didn't figure to fry for killing Georgie, did you, Dasher? You just didn't figure a lot of things. Crime does not pay. Now, here in person is Myron McCormick. I know that many of you believe that the world of Louis the Dasher, Ohio Ollie, and George the Pigeon is a world of fantasy, drawn from the vivid imagination of a writer of crime stories. I'm glad that you can believe this, but the fact remains that you must not believe it, because this world really exists. This is shocking, I know. And you have every right to ask not only what is to be done about it, but how it happened, and how such things can be prevented. The police do what can be done. This underworld came into being largely because of the kind of greed that breeds in slums and dire poverty. These things can be rooted out at their source. This is a basic goal toward which our civilization is moving. When we have reached that goal, you and I and all good citizens, then we will have demonstrated once and for all that crime does not pay. Thank you, Myron McCormick. Crime Does Not Pay is written by Ira Marion and directed by Mark D. Lowe, with music composed and conducted by John Gart. Technical advisor is Burton B. Turkus. The events, characters, and names used in the story you've just heard are fictitious. Any similarity is purely coincidental. And that's Crime Does Not Pay from December 19, 1949, with Dead Pigeon starring Myron McCormick. And that was an MGM syndicated production. Hope you enjoyed that. Stick around. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of February, you can digitally download Classic Radio's Greatest Shows Volume 1, featuring 12 shows including Sam Spade, Amos and Andy, Sherlock Holmes, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Inner Sanctum, and more. It's regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Also on sale during February at 50% off is The Black Museum Volume 1, starring Orson Welles in 12 true crime stories. It's regularly priced Priced at $19.99, but is yours for only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Visit ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Classic Radio's Greatest Shows Volume 1 and the Black Museum Volume 1 at half price. In March, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during February. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order. And while you're there, download an episode of Suspense absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next week, it's A Life in Your Hands, The Jack Benny Program, Crime and Peter Chambers, The Hallmark Playhouse, Fibber McGee and Molly, and Suspense. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.